Hi, it's Chris here. Um, when we started recording this episode, we thought it would be a, a good feature-length episode. As it turns out, we talked an awful lot about the Dark Rides, and so we've decided to split it into two. So, here, without any further ado, is part one. Hey there, hi there, hello there Disney fans and welcome to another Disneyland Paris show from 37 Disney Street. I'm your host, Lucy Rain. I'm Chris Fletcher. Hello children, I'm Hugh Rain. We've got a bit of a feature show for you today. We are going to be ranking the eight dark rides in Disneyland Paris. Now, I said that and uh, my boys diligently wrote them down and then both went, hang on, I'm missing one. So I've challenged them to work out what they're missing in the meantime. Have you got it yet? Yeah, how many are there? Eight. Eight. So I wrote down six and I looked and I thought, oh, I've missed one. And I thought, oh, of course, small world. Um... But I'm still, <laughs> I'm still missing one. Is the I've one that um, is the one that like uh, isn't that obvious? Well, oh, yes. do you know what? It's yes. one that's in the um, yes. the, the other park, isn't it? It is. It yes. is. Right. It's Ratatouille. It is yes. Ratatouille. That's what you were missing. Uh, I thought. Have I gone mad? So, with that wrapped up, before we get on to ranking our dark rides, just a little note about the news: we're not going to do any. Today There is none. There is none. Well, there's <laughs> not much. Not much of note. But we're saving it as well because we're expecting that it's going to be quite a juicy news week next week. Not necessarily for Disneyland Paris. I don't think we'll hear anything about that. But we're expecting to hear a full reopening plan from Disney World Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I can never pronounce it, Efteling in Germany. Yeah, the other like big theme park. Um, Let's has, just preemptively just... Yeah, I'm sure it's wrong. Um, <laughs> Ding you. The other big continental European theme park has opened this week as well. So we can sort of draw from both of those to try and guess and predict what we may hear from um, Paris in the future. What about it's Efteling, and it's in Netherlands, by the way, not Germany. Efteling. What about yeah. Asterix? Uh, no French parks are open. At the moment, no. No, I was just joking. Okay. You know, like I don't think Asterix parked Asterix is the canary in the mine. <laughs> You're probably right on that one. So that will be the discussion for next week. But let's think about what we're discussing this week. Ooh. We are going to go clockwise around Dis- Park Disneyland, followed by entering the studios. Um, and we're going to rate, rank, rate and rank all eight dark rides, each giving a score of 10 uh, to give it a mark out of 30 and then put them in order to see what 37 Disney Street thinks is the greatest and the grimmest of Disneyland Paris's dark rides. So... Chris has got something to show us. Oh. But I haven't, look... 
Um, oh, so they, as, as some pens? of you might have seen, I've been drawing things recently, <sighs> and uh, I was getting mm. sick of my uh, my kids' felt tip pens, so I bought a sixty pack of fine liners. <laughs> oh, oh grown up felt tips! All those yeah. colours—they're pretty, and they're all different as well. I thought some of them were the same, but no, they're just subtly different shades. It's wow. pretty awesome. So I just thought I needed Chris, to write things. Uh, so. That's more colourful than the uh, centre of the uh, Alice Labyrinth in Disneyland Paris. Thank you very much. I uh, I try my best. Yeah. Well, representative of the uh, the flowers there. Nice tie-in, boys. Nice tie-in. Not a dark back. ride. <laughs> not a dark ride. Right. Not a dark ride. Just let me get my details up. Do you want to talk on any of the subjects just while I quickly... <laughs> no. Um. Okay. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. I've got it here. Chris looks panicked. Right. So our first dark ride is Phantom Manor, which can be found in Frontierland. Uh, this was an opening day attraction on the 12th of April 1992, but it closed for an extensive refurbishment in January 2018 and opened on the 30th of January 2019. Uh, sorry. 3rd of May 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an Omnimover uh, dark ride. There are sister attractions throughout the world, but it is a unique attraction in itself. So Omnimover is just everything is tied to a track and that on a giant loop and it's all moving at once. Yeah. So if they have to stop one bit of it, everything stops. Mm. As Spirits it interfere. Mm. Yeah. You've got other equivalents throughout the world. You've got Haunted Mansion in the American parts. You've got Mystic Manor in Shanghai. That looks awesome. I really want to go on that ride. It looks bonkers. Yeah. looks absolutely bonkers, but yeah. What's the best name? I like Mystic Manor. I like Mm. Mystic Manor. Um, It's not... Because they've got away from the whole spookiness of it, haven't they? It's not like a... It's not scary, whereas Phantom Manor or... Or Haunted Mansion are. Phantom Manor was made to be scarier than the uh, Disney World, mm. not, uh, the original one. Well, the American ones, yeah. yeah. It was because, like, Halloween in America is quite cute and, you know, silly. And they accept that. They didn't think in 1992 that Europeans would understand a cute or silly Haunted Mansion. Yeah. They thought it's either scary or it's not. And they, they didn't think... Europeans would understand it. Fair point. I think I like Phantom Manor. I think it's quite an elegant name compared to Haunted Mansion. I do. Yes. I, I like Phantom Manor. I, I, I like that as a name. But Mystic's nice as well. Mystic's a nice word, isn't it? And it rolls I off have the different tongue, ex- Mystic Manor. I like the idea of phantoms, though. I have a different yeah. expectation of Mystic. To f- yeah. I, I don't see Haunted. I just see... It's a bit more magic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. magic. Which it is. I don't know if you've ever watched a, a walkthrough, but it is. It, it, that's what it is. It's more magic. It than, is. It's yeah. more colourful. It's not going down the the scary, dark, cobwebby route, really, no. is it? Not in the same way. The first time I went on Phantom Manor, I... Uh, well, the first time we went there, because, you know, since we've started going to the, the parks regularly, uh, I went on expecting to be frightened. And ah. I was actually... I came off disappointed that uh, it was very, very tame. But once I got over that, I've loved it ever since because I know what to expect now, which is just, you know, I just enjoy the visuals and the music and it's not about being scared because it's really not scary, unless you're a child. Mm. 
So let, let's get into it then. Let's talk about what we like about it. Let's do pros and cons before we do the scoring then. So, Chris, what do you like? What do I like? Highlight. Highlights, best bits. Highlights. Well, well aside from the awesome scoring throughout um, music, I mean, not like giving it scores. Um, <laughs> but aside yeah. from the awesome scoring throughout and the brilliant setting, um, I just... <laughs> I just love it. It's got a story. It's, it's um, you know, everything you do before you get on the ride itself is brilliant. Um, mm. You know, with, you know, playing my cards right now, this this is probably one of my favourite rides in, in the entire park, um, if mm. not one of my favourite rides that I've ever been on. So I have a lot of, of affection for it. So to say what are your highlights is really difficult for me because it's all a highlight beginning to end. I... I'm particularly impressed with this one compared to some of the others in the park with uh, the the scene setting before you get on, before you physically on a moving ride. Um, it's not just a queue. You walk through the gates to the grounds of a house and yeah. the minute that you walk through those gates, it it's just complete immersion and you've no real reason to look back over your shoulder. And if you did, you see Frontierland. Um, which the story is, I think it's got one of the strongest stories of any of the haunted haunted mansions, but that's all tied into the Thunder Mesa Railroad and stuff like that. So it is complete and utter immersion, but then it takes you to the stretching room, and the stretching room itself is one of my favourite bits of Disneyland Paris. In fact, when there was talk of reopening the parks with social distancing, the first thing I said was, oh no, the stretching room's out. So I just don't know how they're going to do the stretching room. I don't know what the ride capacity per hour is going to end up being. But it's a fabulous experience. With the stretching room, because I know what's happening and that's that we're sinking down, is it supposed to look like we're sinking down or is it supposed to look like the room is growing? I think it's meant to look like the room's growing. I think it is, isn't it? But because I, I can't get my head around that, have, knowing that it's going sinking down. Well, the first time I went on it, I didn't realise that I was going down. Everybody else, Oliver realised, our, our three-year-old son realised, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get it at all. And and so I, I came out of it afterwards and, and I realised straight away afterwards, but at the time I, I was kind of watching it and thinking, no, it's, it, it feels like everything's kind of stretching. I didn't feel like it was me moving. Now, I'm really sensitive to lifts and, uh, so, and I've never really liked them at all. So I can always feel when I'm moving up and down and on that, I did not feel it at all. So that kind of threw me a bit because at first I thought maybe I was. Then I thought, no, it absolutely wasn't. It must be just th- the the roof must be moving up. Um, Do yeah. you know as well, um, the Easter eggs in this ride, the stretching room is one of the first because obviously there's the, the gags going on with all the pictures. Yeah. But it wasn't until our last visit uh, in January, that I noticed the phantom in the room. Yeah. Now, maybe I'm just thick. I think I'm always looking at the portraits. I think I'm often worrying about Bonnie because it's dark and she's tiny and you've got to keep hold of her. You don't know who's around, do you? Um, but I, I've never looked up before and seeing him... Um, what's going on? What's he doing? Because I've well, only seen it he's once. He's there and, and <laughs> the, the guy's hanging, isn't he? Someone that's hanging from the roof. That's what I thought, but I didn't want to say it. Yeah, but I, I think your eyes aren't immediately drawn to the ceiling, and, and and even if they are, you've probably looked 
earlier than that, the ceiling, and thought, okay, I get what that is. And it's a lightning flash, isn't it? And that's it's, that's literally, it's a split-second lightning flash. And if you're looking up at the time, you can see it. It's, it's a proper Easter egg. It's not necessarily something you have to see. Mm-hmm. It's not integral, although it kind of is because it's it's proper plot, isn't it? Mm. It's not very clear. No. But I'm, I like though. that there's still bits of Disneyland Paris I can find. So oh, yeah. I, I'm quite glad it's not clear because I like that I didn't see that till like my 24th ride. After the uh, the refurb, they changed the stretching room pictures. Mm. And I don't like the new ones. They used to be creepier and now the kind of uh, they're like comical deaths. Yes, they are. Yeah. And I preferred the creepier ones. Hmm. Yeah. I did I didn't see the old ones because the first time I went to Disneyland Paris was during that prolonged um refurbishment period, so I've only seen it as it is now. Yeah. But I have seen every pictures see of some them, of them. Every time I see them I'm disappointed. I yeah. I was at first, <laughs> but I think you're just so familiar we don't like change, do we? So familiar <laughs> with the old pictures that it was like, Well that's not right. That, them's not Phantom Manor pictures, that's not on. Um but they're good. Hugh, yeah. any any positive comments before we move on to the negative? I just love the whole vibe of it. I'm I'm a Halloween guy, mm. so I'm just I'm on board. Yeah, you know, like I say, once I got over the fact that it's not scary, I just enjoy the ride quite literally. I so, like it. It builds well as well. It I like the underworld well. as well. Mm. You know the, the the western underworld. Some people don't like that bit. I do. I think it's it's a nice little um, it it sort of uh, last third or whatever because you've got this really nice nice kind of stories you go through and you go go and do all the the ballroom scene and everything and then that's something completely different and the way that it pulls you down as well and you turn turn backwards and you go down into your grave. I, th- I just think it's a really nice touch. Yeah. And then it and it's fun. I mean, it, it's a bit Pirates of the Caribbean, I suppose, at, at that point. Um, in that it's mm. loads of people sort of. Uh, having a ball and things, but the way that it fits into the Thunder Mesa story and everything as well, um, it's really good. It's really, really good. Well, I think also, and this isn't exclusive to Phantom Manor, but the fact that it's managed to um, spawn cultural figures just out of a ride, like Madame Leota, the Grim Grinning Ghosts, um, Melanie Ravenswood. These are characters... Well, it's like Captain Jack Sparrow, isn't it? But... Mm. Um, I don't feel like the film was responsible for it. We all like to forget about the Eddie Murphy film. I think that the I ride don't. itself. Uh, excuse me. You do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but don't pretend that that Hugh and I didn't enjoy it because we thoroughly That's enjoyed not it. The opinion of the house. <laughs> Chris and I rated it quite highly on our classics yes, show. Yep. If you want, if you want us to hear us reviewing Disney films, go over onto our classics show. Thirty-seven Disney Streets. To lose his disappointment, it scored. Where is it? Haunted. Oh, where is it? Sixty-nine. Uh, oh, sixty-nine. You brought that down, but you were still dis- dissatisfied with the score of sixty-nine. Go and hear our dissatisfaction. But it's quite amusing. <laughs> you mentioning you mentioning uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Like that is my favorite Disney song. Yeah. Of all time, I love it. Um, I, the the moment you see the Grim Grin and Ghosts on the ride, which is uh, four singing heads, is all too brief. It's very brief, it isn't it? Gives it just enough, doesn't it? Just enough, a little taster. And I want to see yeah. them. I, I I really want it to break down, break down. Uh, do you know when it stops inevitably on every single right mm-hmm. turn you have on it? <laughs> I want it to be there. 
Yeah, who doesn't? Okay, with that comment, we'll just quickly go on to the cons. So it does stop a lot. And where in the ride it stops can vastly change your experience, in my opinion. Some places, I don't mind stopping next to the ballroom. I could look at that scene all day. Yeah, but we always stop like just as we're approaching the ballroom and we can't quite see anything. And you're just in a sort of <laughs> a black corridor between scenes. Or stopping next to that demon dog, which I, I am genuinely scared of that demon dog. <laughs> <laughs> no shadow of a lie. That's that's going to bring my score down, is that demon dog. Well, I've only broken down once in the two times that I've been on. Uh, and it was halfway up the hill right at the start. So it was literally just black. There was nothing yeah. anywhere. Yeah, is. Nothing to look but at like at I all. Say, good place, uh, like I said before, good place to have a nose pick. True, true. <laughs> yeah. Not at the moment, though, because we can't the- touch our faces. The Doom Buggy, the Doom Buggy, what a great vehicle, what a great name for a vehicle. We say breakdown, this is just uh, sometimes you have to slow it down, you know, if there's uh, guests who need, uh, you know, more time to get on or Special off, assistance. Then, you know, it will it will pause for a moment. Because yeah. it's, it's not for long, you know, it's only like 30 seconds tops, really, isn't it? Mm. And it's nicely scripted as well, I have to say. You've got Vincent Price saying, I'm, I'm very sorry, yeah. spirits seem to have interrupted or something, don't they? Mm. Yeah, it's quite mm. nice. I thought I think I quite enjoyed I think, yeah. that. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, guys, if we're going to do this for every ride, we could be here quite a while. So I'm going to ask you now for Chris, your scores. Chris looks like he has something very urgent to say. It is quite urgent. It's an appeal to all you fantabulous listeners. Last year, there was a book called Phantom Manor Decrypted released um, to celebrate the ride at Disneyland Paris. It's in French and English. And uh, it's currently unavailable on their website, cost £19.99 or €19.99 if you're in in France. Um, And the only place I can find it is on eBay for around £70. If any of you got a copy, I am desperate for a copy of it, but I don't want to pay £70, but I would pay cash for it. That's all. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) He does love a Disney book, does that, Chris? Up to £30? Probably, yeah, I I probably would, yeah. Don't commit, haggle, (laughs) haggle. That's Just if advice. anyone's got one sat somewhere and they think, oh, do you know what? I don't really want this. I'd love it to go to someone who's passionate about Disney books and that. And I, I rate reckon Chris would like it. Then, you know, come talk to me. Yeah. How do you rate the ride, Chris? I love it. Um, it I said it's probably one of my favourites. I think it's my favourite. It, it's definitely top two. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. Do you want me to give it a score? Is that yes, what you're I do for? want you to give it a score out of 10, if you out would. Out of 10, I would probably give it a 10. I think it's a 10 ride wow. for me, 10. Mm. I am the same. It's probably top two. Now, so I think on this guy's, well, Chris already has done, but like... We have to have our favourite, which has to be a 10, doesn't it? Because otherwise, yeah. you know, we can't give everything up to a 9. It's like, you know, we need a... Mm. I, I heard a comedian talking about this the other day. Anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, she went, he, he went to like a cafe or something and everything was, like had a star rating and it only went up to, up to 4. And it's like, well, you know, if you're going to do that, you should have a 5 because, you know, there should be a benchmark. Anyway, what I'm saying is, <laughs> one of mine is a 10 and this isn't it. Um, but it's as good as, it's a 9. I've flip flopped between this and another one, but I just 
it's just pipped by something else so this has to be nine but for me it's almost perfect i'm glad you said what you said there though hugh because you're absolutely right and as soon as i what, said when 10, i blathered on for about a minute yeah yeah as soon as you said 10 <laughs> as soon as i t- said 10 though i thought i thought but now what if i want to give something else a 10 <laughs> how, how does this work because i've already gone straight to the top here but it is it's my favorite ride yeah sorry carry on lucy it's okay um I'm in a similar place. It is an outstanding ride. So then I went on to the, the nitpick. I think the immersion of the queue and thing is absolutely second to none. The uniforms of the cast members, um, the ride experience in general. But the fact that it breaks down and this is controversial. It doesn't break down. It has to stop No, no, lot. no. Yeah. The fact that you often stop really sort of interrupts your experience but this is controversial. In a four-day Disneyland Paris trip, I'm happy to do this twice and that's enough. Whereas there are other dark rides that I would literally do four times a day for all four days. That That's where I'm at mm-hmm. with it. So I'm going to give it an eight. Ooh. Ten, nine and eight. So that brings us to Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, This this is located in Adventureland. Uh, It has got its equivalent um, ride in every single Disney park around the... Sorry, not park, because, you know, there's four parks, but resort um, around the world. It has been made into five hit movies. Sorry, it's been made into three hit movies and two other movies and it's likely to be made into another one as well it's going to be rebooted isn't it yeah and probably it's going to have its own you know disney plus series soon who knows they won't they they like to flog a horse to disney sometimes (laughs) um it was an opening day attraction again it was uh uh, closed down for a lengthy refurbishment um in 2017 is that right yeah. Yeah, 2017. Is that the... F- hang on. Is that the first time we went... When we started going regularly? When it, and it was shut and I was disappointed. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Because yeah. Because we'd been like in the early 90s and I loved it. And we went back and I was like, pirates, pirates. And it was shut. Hmm. Gutted. Um, at which time characters from the movies were added to the ride, as well as various other things, including, uh, do you know about Red? Well, various... Red was a uh, a lady of the night who was for sale um, to men. And they, okay. de- they decided that wasn't... She's the red-haired girl pirate, basically. They decided that was no longer... Appropriate in the but same the Indians age. in Peter Pan can stay. <laughs> <laughs> so they changed her to. Um, the, she's now not a lady of the night. She's now a girl pirate, and mm. she's saying it's the rum they want. Except she's not saying that because she's French. But that's what she's saying. Okay, she's talk to me, boys. Now. Talk to charge. me, Hugh. I'm going to go to you first. Love this ride, man. Uh, it's from. Just, <laughs> Even the queue, mm. even though there's not much to it, you're just going down these sort of wooden corridors. Uh, but then once you get into that the loading area and that, that soft pirate theme, do, 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 it gives me tingles. I love the smell of it. 
I love, you know, it's a pretty relaxed ride, but, you know, there are a couple of nice drops in there. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I love this ride so much. I like that you mentioned that loading area because I really like coming from these quite claustrophobic caves into the high ceilinged, it's kind of an outside inside feel, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and it, it's, yeah, the, the smell, how does the pump pump that smell in? It's absolutely amazing. Well, it's just the water in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always have this daydream when we get into that bit that uh, I look around at the trees and it feels like it's night time. And every time we're in that queue at that point, I always think, starting with this area here, could you fool people into thinking you'd been on an around-the-world trip just by taking photographs in a Disney park? Yes, you could. You probably could. You probably could, yeah. And yeah. I always start that thought when I'm in that queue. <laughs> Isn't that weird? You know, like, as you first go down, you know, and you're looking out at the sort of the roof rooftops. Mm. I just think that there. I I, um, I agree with you about the... Uh, the queue. Um, this is the first ride I went on in Disney. It's the first thing we went on. There was a twenty-minute queue, and we spent twenty minutes walking into these caves. And if you come out, if you go into it from the outside and it's sunny, I think we talked about this in the choosers episode. Um, it takes a while for your eyes to adjust, and if you don't have to queue yeah. and you just walk all the way straight down, it's quite hard to see what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah. But but um, the atmosphere going into those caves is just superb and uh, and you're right and when it opens out at the bottom and the fact that there's a restaurant there as well overlooking everything just there's just mm. little details about it just never set foot superb. in that restaurant no me neither no it's it's on our I believe that we are going to in um, at Christmas this year if we go because right. we're going with a group of friends who've all got the plus dining plan we won't have it because we've got annual passes but we will get discount and so they're kind of looking to us to book them some plus restaurants. Yeah. I'm going to tell them it's a weird seafoody type thing, but I don't think the people we're going with will mind too much. No, no I, um, think, I think they're probably The personal probably mind is Hugh, probably. I'm not a fishy guy, but there'll be something I can yeah, I think there is. I think there's things yeah, I'm making. Yeah, you'll be fine. Um, I'll just, while we're talking about the restaurant, I'll just take this moment to say... We were big, loyal Disneyland Paris people, and then we went to Florida. And what people have asked over and over again is, how does it compare? Even when we were there, Americans were asking, how does it compare? Mm. Um, And the answer is, in short, that we have the better Magic Kingdom. We have a nicer Magic Kingdom. Could go on forever about the difference in culture and service and stuff like that, but the Magic Kingdom is so much more beautiful. But most of the rides that we have got in common with Florida... I think we've got the better versions. In fact, I, most people I, I've heard talk about it have said the same, certainly for Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons is, and this is why I'm talking about it now, is that the Pirates of the Caribbean one, A, the queue is just not as good. It's similar, it's just not as good. But you get on the boat and then you start to drive and you can see events from the ride happening in front of you while you've still got... Tom, Dick and Harry loading next year. So there's mm. no sort of break between um, on stage and backstage, as it were. You're already seeing that. So you, you're not able to get into that zone. Now, what's so wonderful about this, the three stages, the very first turn the corner and drop, you've lost all of that reality. All the hustle and bustle of the queue disappears immediately. Mm. So there's no sort of bleed. And then the first thing you get is that incredibly calm restaurant scene. 
and uh, you just hundred percent immersion from there, and it it's really beautifully gets you paced. That isn't it? I, yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. one of the things I love little, about the start. And then there's a, there's an octopus, isn't there? Like with yeah. its, uh, one of its so much to look at. One of its arms on a, a little treasure chest, and it snaps it shut. Just these yeah. little little things dotted about. And then the final sort of introduction stage is you going up the lift hill um, towards the the smoke on which is projected Barbosa or um, David Jones, depending. No, not Barbosa. Lovejoy. Who was he? <laughs> Davy and yeah, no, um, uh, Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Yeah. yeah. Or David Jones, uh, depending what your timing's like. Well, I don't. I, I think the way it's timed, we've always had Blackbeard. Always. I think it changes as you go up, doesn't it? Maybe it's but, just bad luck, but I, I always want David Jones. We always get Blackbeard every time. And then just to finish that off, there's a very small drop and you're not only in the ride, but you can see the cannons in the distance. So you can see another bit of the ride from that. Now, from, I'm not going to go through the whole ride, but those first four elements, just one after the other, is just so completely perfect and immersive it just mind boggles me. Now, if you go to the Florida one, you basically, you skip those far bits and you go straight into the action scenes and you can still hear the, the cue behind you. You oh. can still hear people coming on and off. And it's the same at the end of the ride as well. Oh. Um, so it's just it's just not as good an experience to the point where we barely went on it when we're in Florida and we go on it like four times a day when we're in Paris. I so just there think, you go. I, I think the way that it it starts you off and, and kind of brings it's like a false sense of security it just feels like a nice little calm sort of thing and then and then you're just suddenly thrown into all that it it works so well I can't, I can't imagine it working at all without that that's quite mm. interesting to me and it's a water ride mm-hmm. mm. that's my memory from the first time that's why I liked it I remember going well that was really rather pleasant yeah <laughs> but the, the it's drops... just nice to just sit and ride on, the, on a boat for the drops are just deep enough and just well enough placed for it to be slightly thrilling, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, it takes, it's quite it takes long your breath away. Well. Mm. It's quite it a is, long yeah. ride too. Do you it, know what? I believe it's... As, a, as is Phantom Manor too, actually. Phantom Manor's six minutes. I just need to look up what Pirates of the Caribbean is. I bet it's not going to tell me. I bet it's about eight. Duration, oh, 10 minutes 30. Oh, 10 wow. minutes you 30, get, yeah. You get your it's money's worth with that. Oh, yeah. you do. Oh, you get your money's worth, my dad would say. You get your money's worth with that one. It doesn't sound anything like that. I'm just going to talk about another couple of standout moments. This is ride design at its finest. When you go into the, the caves towards the end where you've got Captain Barbosa, and the angle that you go in, you can see a skull in the rocks. But mm. as your boat turns, the skull disappears because of the angle. Of it. Very much like the Channel 4 ident used to be. I had not noticed yeah? that. Have you not? No, oh, it- but I've only been on twice. Again, I, I went once on my last visit and once the visit before, so I would have liked to have gone on it more, but Lucas, as much as he enjoyed it, was scared of it or something, I'm not sure. But It's but just after Barbosa with the lightning behind him and he swings his sword at you. It's just mm-hmm. after yeah. that, isn't it? Is, mm-hmm. is there, there's a drop after there, is there? I think. Oh, I'm struggling a, now. I think. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't Maybe think Maybe there so. isn't, no, but uh, it's just after that bit, you go into the final cave... And that's right. actually got my favourite bit in, which is the skeleton drinking and the water's just pouring through him. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I was really nervous about them adding film characters, but it's done so 
It's not too Ta- invasive. No, it's so tastefully done. Uh, and it, it adds to the experience, I think. And that final scene with Jack Sparrow sitting on the pile of yeah. gold. Hello. Hello, Jack. Mm. Fabulous. I mean, we didn't talk about this in, in Phantom Manor, but the animatronics is... Bearing in mind this is the first ride I went on, and I knew there were going to be special animatronics about when I came to Disney to see uh, for the first time. But I was just blown away by some of it. I mean, completely mm. and utterly blown away by the way they move because it's just so natural. Some of them aren't, but but there's, this, there's a couple of them in there that are just so natural and it and just blew me away, that. Mm. And, and animals as well. The, yeah. the cats on the boxes, and they don't have to do much. They're just, yeah, just really natural. Um, oh, the, the, swinging, yeah, the cat on the box, yeah, I love that. Yeah, the swinging, <laughs> swinging pirate, remember yeah. him? Yeah, the swinging pirate, he's static. That's just swinging, yeah. but you don't you don't see him for long enough. And the surprise when you first go on it, you first have a trip on it when all of a sudden this thing swings in front of you. Oh, it's just the more I think about it. Do you know what? It's just I, fabulous. I'm a I'm a big fan of the film Goonies, and my first impression of this was that this is like being in that cave in Goonies at the yeah, end. I never it's thought just, of that. And, and and that's that's why it had instant appeal for me. Not yeah. because of the films and what I've seen of the films, but because of that. I'll tell you something else as well. I will queue for this ride. And as a family, we don't generally queue. We either short queue or we don't bother, even at the height of summer. Mm-hmm. But because it's fast loading, um, you never stop moving. And there's always something to look at. So the minute you join the queue, you're basically just penguin penguin walking forwards. It's not like some of them where you just have to, like Autopia, where you just stand there for no. hours. Um, and there's so much to look at and digest. And, and the, the the classic um, pirates music is brilliant. Like the, the mm. um, pirates life of me, that's brilliant, brilliant song. But then. Even the scoring from the films is a, is a good bit of music, so it's it's something memorable to listen to. So you've got something good going on in your ears. Um, yeah, it's great visuals, even though it's just like a dark cave. Really, it is. It's great. And one the, the one of the best the... versions of that song is the one you made, Chris. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> it's the uh, the harmonies on the. <laughs> Um, the way the soundtrack changes when you go from room to room as well is fantastic. Yeah. Particularly when you enter the um, the gunfight at sea and you've got cannonballs exploding around you and you've just come out of a drop, so you're really thrown mm. into that. That is such a dramatic moment and the music's perfect. Do you know what? It's loud as well. You know, the, the sound effects and everything, there's, there's so much opportunity with these kind of things to just sit back and, and not submerse people in it and and because it, it's because you throw into the middle of a battle it needs to be loud and it and it is they mm. don't yeah they don't they don't hold back at all i love it mm. yeah. right should we score it have you anything else to say huey uh yeah bonnie likes a bit where uh the the skull at the end says uh just before you get off says don't go rocking the boat please remain <laughs> seated until a crew member asks you to stand up she likes that Oh, <laughs> but I love it, and I'm going to go first, and it's my favourite. It's a ten. Do you know, guys? I had nine written down, but I've just talked myself into a ten. Ooh. Well, what I would like to say is, there's a book called 
Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, A Treasure of an Attraction, which is also <laughs> unavailable now. It's the same series of books. I imagine there are going to be more in the future. Um, mm. uh, this is less expensive if I look for it on eBay. But if anybody has a copy that they're, they're looking to get rid of, please come and talk to me. Um, and I'm going to give it a nine because I'm the opposite of you, Hugh, in that this is the flip side of my top two. And I probably yeah. could change. But, and I think I've not been on it enough to fully appreciate it yet. So uh, nine for me. Cool. Yeah. Peter Pan's flight. So we're moving into Fantasyland. Another opening day attraction and I believe another one that is in all I'm just gonna get it I've got all my details written down. Guys got my details written down. Um Yeah, it's it's in all the Disney resorts worldwide. <laughs> just checking that. Um I've broken myself. <laughs> I think that's that's all my facts. It was an opening day attraction. It's had brief refurbs to enhance the colour, but it hasn't had any major story mm. overhauls mm-hmm. the way the other ones have. Um, you're suspended from the ceiling, basically on a railroad in individual uh, vehicles, two to four people per vehicle. And it is a really long queue. Yeah, it's one of those rides where I don't think it's worth how busy it is um, like, you know, like the Magpie in Whit- Whitby. Every time you go to Whitby, you see people queuing out of the Magpie fish and chip shop around the corner. And, you, and I think, I'd never queue for that. It's just fish and chips. Don't care how good they are. And with this ride, as nice as it is, we've we've only ever queued in the standby queue once. And that's because uh, it was a walk-on. Oh, it's early magic hour. Is it five yeah. minutes? Otherwise, we yeah. dress Bonnie up as Tinkerbell and they let you into the fast pass queue. Oh, we actually get fast passes. We've done that as well. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think, like, I couldn't imagine waiting an hour, an hour and a half for that. It's not We that bit good. the bullet. We bit the bullet on our first trip and we had a 90 minute queue. Oh, for it. why? <laughs> because because we, the, the fast passes are gone at the time. It was the last opportunity. And, you know... You know what it's like at Disney. If you if you're in the mood for it, you yeah. don't mind having a queue for a bit. So so we yeah. we knew yeah. it was going to be ninety minutes. And we just thought, yeah, let's do it. The problem with it isn't the ninety minute queue. It's the fact that the queue is um, a gay outside and nothing else. It's just yes. it, it's not a good queue. Um, but we did it and it was all right and and we got through it. But like there's there's a film called The Girl Next Door. I don't know if you've seen it. It's got Timothy Oliphant in it. Love it. And, Love that film. And one of the things that he you says is, too. is the juice worth the squeeze? And I'm telling you now, the juice is not worth the squeeze. <laughs> well, I'm just looking at the stats here. It's three-minute ride, which is fine in itself. I really enjoy those three minutes. But as a as a percentage of the queuing time, so you said 90 minutes, so mm-hmm. that's a, thir- a 30th of the time that you spent um, queuing for that ride. And the problem with the queue is, as well, because there's a fast pass queue, if you're in the standby queue, it stops and you have to stand still. It's the opposite of what I said to Pirates of the Caribbean, where you get to walk forward, there's lots to look at. There's nothing to look at. No. You're in a pen. It's one of those um, not- doubling back snakes, isn't it? Yeah, but and- not only that, when you, get to the, when you get to the end of it, you're in a very, very narrow corridor with... Uh, with lats down the side so you can see the other side of the corridor and the other side of the corridor is a fast pass queue and you can just see everybody going straight through past you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit demoralising. It is. 
Now, we haven't talked about the ride yet, but I would say to anyone listening who maybe hasn't been yet, I urge you to go on Peter Pan's flight because it is lovely. But I urge you to organise your day so that you don't have to stand in that queue. I would say make it your first fast pass. There'll be fast passes for Big Thunder Mountain later on. There'll be fast passes for Space Mountain later on. Make this your first fast pass or do it in extra magic hours or dress your child as Tinkerbell or Captain Hook because they'll Mm. let you straight in the fast pass queue as you do. But I really would, I'd go to any extent to avoid standing in a long long queue for that ride. That dressing up rule, I don't know what the deal is with that. I, I, I assume like the line would be, it's at our discretion, mm. but we've never had a problem with it. Yeah. It's almost a given, but I don't think they would guarantee it. Mm. But it's as good as a guarantee. Well, we, <laughs> we compass clubbed last time we went, and so we got fast passes every day and on one of the days we use the fast passes for this on i think on the following day my mum and dad used the fast passes again to do this with lucas Mm. so it's definitely if you've got a fast pass or if you can go and get one from the from the machine it's it's worth doing you know we've started talking about the negatives of this ride because it's just a well-known fact that the queue for this is horrendous but but you know there's a lot of positives to the actual ride itself i think it's just getting on the ride actually getting to that seat is a big part of it you get into a, a ship and it's suspended from the ceiling mm. and you're in a flying ship. That's cool. And you burst through the window. And that is you. Yeah. It's used to, yeah, it's used to fantastic effect because... Fly over London. You're going, like you say, you start going through a window and flying out of a window and then you're seeing Neverland, Neverland from above and the way you swoop down, because it slightly moves down, the perspective of that. Also, going through the starburst, you know, they've got the fibre optic yeah. stars... So effective. And, and I I forget about that till I do it again. And that's one of the things that move, moves me to tears sometimes is just going into that starburst I and over London. But it, and it, the thing is, if you look at it for any amount of time, it is very blatantly being pulled over the top of a diorama. Um, and, and that's fine. But one of the mechanics is that it is very, very jerky. And that kind of adds a little bit of a thrill element to it. It is, it is quite jerky. You get and, knocked yeah. about a little tiny bit. But that that kind of makes it feel a bit more risky, I think, which makes you kind of give in to the the suspension of disbelief that you're actually flying in the sky. So I think it's, I wish it was smoother for me. That would help if it. I just, do if it, personally. If it, if it uh, what's the past tense of glide glid? If it glowed, <laughs> glided. If it glowed more smoothly, then I would feel you know more like I was flying. I love it once you get into Neverland, though. Oh yeah. My favorite bit is. Um, the first time I went on it, I wasn't that familiar enough with Peter Pan. And I said, "What's that? why is that girl in that pot with her eyes closed? It's Tiger Lily <laughs> yeah. and she's got her eyes closed. But it's the fact that she's got her, eye, her eyes closed, I didn't, didn't get why, why that was. She's just been hearty, isn't she? Yeah, so it just really makes me chuckle every time I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's Not a lot of day glow colour in there, isn't there? <laughs> well, yeah. As you go around, there's an awful the thing- lot. It works fantastically for the map of Neverland. When you're going over the top of Neverland, they're mm. using UV and they're using luminous paint. But I don't. That then goes into the scene of the ship and Wendy's dress is a dodgy colour. It's all it's luminous, in, isn't it? Yeah, it's done in UV paint and it doesn't work quite as well on the human no. characters. No, I don't I agree think. With that. that being said, they are really good recreations of the cartoon characters that yeah. in the way that they're formed the way they look is just is brilliant mm. 
Yeah. And I, I just think for this kind of story, this kind of film, a three-minute swoop through the story is enough. I don't feel I need to dwell on any particular scene or element or character. I think swooping through it quickly is the best way to experience it. Yes. Now, yeah. I have a pet peeve just before we get on to things with this ride and a couple of the other ones. Is this something that you've read in a book? No, it's not in a book. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not asking for a book either this time. Um, so in Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't think you notice it as much. But one of my problems with this ride and ones we're going to talk about in a little while, Snow White, Pinocchio in particular, um, Small World as well a little bit, is when you get to the end of the ride, the queue to get off at times can be an absolute pain. Because mm. there's nothing there to see, there's nothing to do. You just bumped up to the vehicle in front, waiting for it, waiting for three or four vehicles in front of them to move on. With pirates, you don't really notice it. With with the um, omni vehicle, whatever you call them, things like Phantom Manor, it doesn't happen, so it's not it's not yeah. an issue. But um, sometimes on on this one, you, you find yourself waiting ages because you've got to wait until people have got on the next one so it can go. Um, and I just find that a little bit irritating sometimes. You can be you can be waiting to get off longer than you were on the ride for. And that's that comes back to what I said about being able to see the real world while you're still in the ride. Mm. It kind of ruins the fact that you're still sat in the story, but just around the corner you can see somebody going about the job. You and... can see someone eating a calippo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do some marking then, folks. What do we think? It's a... I'll go first. Shall I go first? Yeah, you go first. Yeah, Yeah. you go first, yeah. Um, I think it's absolutely beautiful for the ride itself, but there are many downsides to the ride experience. And as a result, I'm going to give it a six. Yeah, it's a beautiful ride. It's, It's... I, I would always go on it. Whenever I was whenever I'd go to Disney, I would go on, but I'd probably do it once per trip. Probably nothing more than that. And I enjoy it, but I don't think it's worth more than a six. I'm going to give it a six as well. It's funny, but I'll give it a six because I wanted to give it a six, but I felt harsh because, you know, starting to get towards the bit where I start to dislike something. But um, I'm also going to give it a six. I was going to give it a seven, but, like, if Pirates is ten, that's not that much above a seven. So comparatively, I think it deserves a six. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Our next one is Le Voyages de Pinocchio. Are you going to ding me? Uh, no, but you know. It's just ne- a bad ne- accent. Next time, choose an accent. <laughs> Good advice. Um, Okie dokie. This is Pinocchio's daring journey. Um as seen in other, but not all... The, it isn't in Shanghai and it isn't in uh, Florida, but it is in California and in Tokyo in various different ways. It was an opening day attraction at Paris um, and in the original... Oh, no, it wasn't at Disneyland. It opened in 1983 at Disneyland. I thought it was an opening day attraction there. It's uh, three and a half minutes long. And there you go. Right, Chris, talk about Pinocchios. I got stuck in the queue at Pinocchio last time I went. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, that wasn't a lot of fun. We it was a it was a forty minute queue when we started, and we thought, yeah, we'll do this. I really wanted uh, my my mum and dad to to see it because I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time I went. Um, forty minutes in, 
the ride broke down and I'd seen ahead the doors were sudden the doors were frozen open and the uh you know um the puppets were there dancing and then suddenly they stopped dancing and <laughs> I thought hey up something's going on here mm. 25 minutes it took before they opened the gates and let everybody out again and uh by by which time we'd wasted an hour and five minutes uh not getting onto a ride so that stays with me having said that um on our first trip on this on this ride i thoroughly enjoyed it i've always really liked pinocchio uh, Pinocchio as a film um i hadn't thought about it for a long long time at that point in time when i went on it so it was really nice for me it was a it was a really nice thing and probably one of the main reasons i came to you guys and suggested we did the classics podcast in the first place Mm. so it's my favorite of what i think uh um, with Peter Pan's flight, this and the next one we're going to do, I'm, I'm assuming they're very similar mm. rides, aren't they? They're rides about the film, and yeah, I, I like it. I like it. I like the queue. I like the little details yeah. of the uh, the wood carvings in the queue and the chunkiness of the queue. I've always liked that, and I like the uh, the the style of the, the decoration. You know, the sort of the, the flowers painted on things, and just that whole sort of Germanic. Austrian, you know, beer keller vibe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny that a queue that has fundamentally the same principle as the one for Peter Pan's flight, and yet just that slight difference by actually giving it some theming makes it a completely different experience? Yeah. Mm, mm. It's, yeah, it's nice to look at. I, I'll never be a fan of any of... Well, I call them pig pen cues. I know that sounds so derogatory, <laughs> but you know when they just double back and... Yeah, yeah. Um, and if someone's annoying you and you have to pass them about four times. Yeah, and you do... You feel the humanity, you're just surrounded by humanity. I'm really fascinated to see how social distancing is going to work in those cues. I know theoretically how it will work from Shanghai, but going through Disneyland Paris attractions in my head and thinking specifically, there's some of them, I think, you'd only fit about 10 people in, yeah, you know, all in, of, in the Yeah, but all of them snake in funny ways, though, don't they? It's the Pinocchio. You go, you go up one side and then back down, and then you go down the bottom and round and round and round, and then you go mm. up and down again. And, and But all the gates can be shifted into different ways depending on how mm. busy it is. So I, think, I don't think it'll be too much of a problem. I think they'll just probably have the longest route on possible um, mm. and space everyone out more, but... Yeah. It's one of those that looks like you're almost there and then there's another yeah. little bit at the end, you know, there's another mm. five minutes. Yep. Um, the controls, uh, unlike a lot of the uh, bigger rides where the ride controls is sort of in an attic somewhere and you don't know it's happening, it's right next to where you board the rides, but it's wonderful yeah. because it's in the shape of a book. So it looks like the lady who's doing it, oh man, Whoever's got whoever's on duty that day, it just looks like they stood at a lectern with like a giant Bible, like in a Presbyterian church <laughs> or something. But it's actually it's got the controls hidden in it. It's yeah. little details like that is what we love Disney for. So, the ride itself. Then, how do we feel about the ride itself, Hewitt? Well, you've you've said already, Chris. It, it's a story of Pinocchio. It, it's yeah. um yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I, do you know what? I don't remember much about it though. <laughs> we have been on it quite a lot as well. It's, it's I guess so. It, it feels like it is what it is. You just go through these scenes, um, and it merges in with the one we're going to talk to next. I yeah, do remember. I, I, the, get, I get them mixed up. I do remember the clock 
the Geppetto's workshop scene mm. at the end. Um, it, it's just, it is what it is. It's scary. It is a scary ride, I think. In, yeah. In that it is freaky. So like the, the being turned into a donkey, the whole whale bit and everything, it, it takes the scary elements of, of the film, but because it's all 3D and kind of real, it makes it a little bit freaky. It's just, there's something a little bit uncomfortable Bonnie, about the whole thing. Bonnie didn't used to like Monstro. She used to be scared of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the whole, the whole premise is freaky as heck isn't it the whole film is yeah absolutely and should we rate this one already yeah we spent a long time talking about the queue (laughs) yeah I I really don't have much to say about it it's the story of Pinocchio told to animatronics and the animatronics are fine I do like the backgrounds are fine the artistry of all the things in the ride the the models are all nice especially the cuckoo clocks and things in the the workshop it is like I said I think that's my Best way to sum it up is it's a cute ride. It really is in every respect. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Chris, where are you it's, going with this? It's my favourite of the of the three of these kind of rides. Um, that being said, it misses out on that nice little um, feature that you get with with Peter Pan's flight of being in that in in that boat flying above everything that is that make that makes us stand out so but i like it better so i'm going to give it the same score i think because uh because i think that's fair so i'm going to give it a six as well um interestingly it is my least favorite of those three that's no massive smear on it it's just it is what it is it's the story of pinocchio it's fine Mm. i'm going to give it a five. Well, guys, uh, just to finish off the pattern, it is <laughs> the middle <laughs> for me of the, these three rides. Uh, I like it just fine. Um, I think it's a seven. Wow, we have got a lot to say on this subject. Do you know what? We're halfway through now, so we're going to stop it there. And we're going to come back next week and do the other four dark rides. And then you'll get to know our final tally chart as to who is the winner. The suspense. Okay, guys. See you next week. (laughs) 